Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be taking a quick tour of the Akashic City to see what lies beyond the Akashic Library and soul books. While most of what I teach concerns the Akashic Library and the Temple of Life, these are not the only structures in the Akashics. They are part of a larger urban space, the Grand Akashic City. The temple and the library are more commonly visited by those of us who are embodied because the majority of people working with the Akashics are seeking Akashic records, which are housed in the library, or greater knowledge, which can be found and experienced in the temple. However, there are exponentially more souls not embodied than are at any given time, which means that after the lesson is learned, their apprenticeships, practical application, and internships will happen in the Akashics, not in embodied life. As what is information and education in the temple and the library becomes practice and experience in the city, it's common, if not expected, that students will make their way there for advanced studies. Located on the city's edge, the temple and the library serve as a gateway for visitors to enter and explore. Everyone is welcome within the city, and many people who have participated in guided visualization, gathered revelatory experiences in prayer or meditation, or who have woken from classroom dreams will recognize the landscape. Most of these things focus on the experience, or lesson, and so the person doesn't often notice the building involved as part of a larger setting. Also, as we tend to teleport in via thought process and then pop out again, most people have not walked the city consciously to explore what it holds. For those wishing to expand their healing practices, to go further with their spiritual studies, or to discover more of what the universe holds, a walk down the streets can be enlightening. There are healers and healing practices dotted throughout the city. Healers in the Akashics may focus on one modality, but all are holistic in their approach. Many of these healers are skilled at working with those who are currently embodied. They can answer questions, provide healing, and give insights into underlying issues which are causing the symptoms. Often their answers are multi-layered, dealing not only with the high level, but also with overarching patterns evident in the current life and whatever issue is most relevant in the moment. Beyond these are the healers who specialize. There's a group who continue to work with what we would consider light and sound healing, Various qualities of light, or visual radiation, have different properties, some of which can be used to provide nourishment and healing. These healers work with the physical radiation of light even when it moves beyond the visual range of the patient. They also use it for emotional healing, which is possible through the visible spectrum of light and the energetics of light as an aspect of prana or fire and heat. Their insights into the healing properties of visual arts can inspire and sometimes open healers and artists to new avenues in their craft. Along with light, 
these healers work with sound, or what they think of as vibration. From the intricate songs of the beings which create and maintain the physical laws of our universe, to the angels and guardians which keep things in motion, to our own vibrations, they are able to discern what is harmonious, what is out of harmony, and add their own song to help bring things beyond balance into creative generation and participation. Anyone who wishes to learn how to apply these skills can enter and join in the work at any time. There's a group of healers who work with structures. They begin with the fundamental building blocks of raw akasha, spinning it into energetic forms which are self-supporting. From this substrate of what is thought of in scientific fields as the akashic field or a-field, they then work with things such as time and information to create the matrix for embodied life. This is most pertinent when we think of chi, or ley lines, the chi of the planet. Chi is our soul transforming into an embodied state moment to moment. It's the life force brought in raw form into us, created by us, into, well, us, and then released into the world through a variety of means. It is what acupuncturists are seeking to adjust with their needles, and what Chinese herbalists are examining when looking for what is blocked or hyperactive. This detailed structure is the map of who we are in physical form. From the platonic ideal structure to the unique expression which is each individual, the structure holds us together, gives us identity, and supports us in growth and becoming. Working with these healers can provide insights into how chi and therefore most energy healing modalities work, how it can be used beyond healing to manifest things into embodied life, and also how to use it as a communication tool to connect with greater structures, like geographic areas, non-embodied beings, and planetary energy sources. In their building are the architectural plans for tools which can focus and channel energy for ceremony. There are rooms where individuals can see spiritual tools like crystal wands, orbs, ceremonial symbols, and more. All of these are meant not as informational or purely educational, but instructions for what and how to build or acquire the tools for working with them in embodied life. This is the place where you can find out how to work with pyramid structures, how to utilize orbs, create medicine wheels, work with stone circles, and much more. Within the city is a hall, which is a hub for those who interact with the various forms of embodied life which exist in the universe. This is called the Hall of Harmony. One of its lower levels is filled with a replica of what we consider the chakra system. How we understand the chakras is, in general, as energy access points within our embodied form, allowing us to maintain a spiritual life in an encased state. They can be seen as a means to synchronize our physical experience with our soul, creating a fully participatory spiritual practice. They can also aid us in maintaining physical health, or give us access to our true nature as souls, and the wisdom we left behind. 
However, this is a very narrow understanding and usage of chakras at the purely soul level. Within the chakra level of the Hall of Harmony are what appear to be chakras, glowing balls which vary in size depending on the person interacting with them or the activity in progress. In general, people experience them as ranging in size from that of a compact car to a 20-foot by 20-foot room. Each chakra is both a portal to and source of pure chakra energy. Individuals may enter into them in order to experience the specific chakra unfiltered, can use them as a means of traveling to areas associated with this energy vibration communication, or even pull some of their substance away for healing work or meditation. Each chakra is interconnected with all the others, so individuals can walk them somewhat like walking a labyrinth or the Stations of the Cross. There are more chakras than we use in embodied form, and each is represented in this room, which can be interesting to investigate. Those beings who specialize in working with chakras are more than happy to help new visitors explore all they have to offer, including complex interconnections with color, sound, chi, and physical health. Further into the city is what is known as the healing complex. This is not a place where healing is provided, but where healers perfect their skills, research new issues as they form, and bring together the experience and wisdom from myriads of specialists crossing innumerable specialties. There are angels who focus on difficulties with dimensional conflicts, souls who function purely through what we would consider mathematics, beings whose sole purpose is the creation of life and life structures, and much more. Just one of the interesting areas within the complex is the space reserved for working with human manifestation structures. This includes individual spaces for each character in the Hebrew Alephbet, for each iteration of the symbols within the I Ching, for each rune in the Futhark symbol system, each character in the Cherokee syllabary, and more. Each is a living structure in its own right, with much wisdom to share. Mystics from before recorded time have meditated with individual symbols of this nature in order to communicate with and learn the wisdom therein. This is a place where individuals can come and consciously interact with these structures. This building may seem familiar in some parts to my Kabbalah students, as it holds the white marble room they visit to work with the Tree of Life and the Sephirot. In my class, Students work with each sephira individually, learning what part they play in the process of manifesting the student and whatever the student is attempting to create into being. What we learn to call sephirot are tools which describe and help us participate in converting prana from potential into embodied form through each individual human being and then moving out into the world through our actions, including breathing and excreting. It is also how fully transformed prana, that which has been informed or is information, is relieved of physical being and processed back into the Akashics through us. For we are as much art as artist in the process of creation. Once the student has traveled the tree from top to bottom, the manifestation route, 
they are encouraged to return from bottom to top, the wisdom or enlightenment route, in order to complete the circuit and have full access to all aspects of the sephirot. For advanced students, when they've completed the return trip, the room acknowledges their achievement by providing them with a further level of access. What had appeared to be the tree of life inscribed on the floor to create portals becomes three-dimensional, like the chakra level in the Hall of Harmony. The sephirot then allow the student to begin connecting with them in a variety of ways. This may include a more complete examination of all the Hebrew letters serving as gates between the sephirot, filtering and structuring their interactions, to begin interacting with the beings who manage and help support the physical manifestation system, and even connecting with those who manage the infinitely complex mechanisms which allow us to set relationships, synchronicities, and social calibrations in motion. Also within the Akashic City are buildings dedicated to the various beings we consider deities. There are buildings for those we have long since forgotten, those who are currently revered, and for those we have not yet discovered. Each not only provides access to wisdom and experience with the deity, but also access to those who work with and help support the deity. This includes halls for the archangels, filled with angels who act on their behalf, temples for the Hindu aspects of God, as well as the Egyptian, Greek, Norse, Roman, Mayan, and Aztec gods, just to name a few. There are deities who were lost to us in the tragedies of Atlantis and Mu, those who have come and gone with tribes and societies which were lost long ago, or who are dying out even now. There are deities who do not connect with our current embodied life and those who work with other types of embodiment. People who regularly meditate, pray to, or channel a deity might find they are familiar with a particular building, as it's something they knowingly or unknowingly travel to during their practice. For those who are connected with, are devoted to, or simply interested in a particular deity, seeking out their building and asking permission to enter will allow you to experience different levels of connection and relationship with them and the beings who work beside them. This is just a short overview of what there is to find and do in the Akashic City. So when you're ready to take what you've learned in the Akashic Library, what you have seen and become awakened to in the Temple of Life, take a stroll into the Akashic City. This is the place of hands-on experience where knowledge becomes practice, which can lead to further enlightenment. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing how there's a difference between the sacredness of creating a home rather than having a large box to house yourself and your stuff. That there is a direct connection between the sacred fire as heart of a home and the infinite soul self, which is our own unique light. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.